0: So today I am joined on our podcast by Robbie and Michael from The House London. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, guys.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: We've got new, fresh information from you guys, what you guys are doing at The House London, and how has it been for you? How has this year, well, last year, been for you?
1: Pretty good, really. I know we're not really allowed to say that, but we're, oh. we've tried to adapt quite well. We'll go on to StoryCube in a moment, but That has been part of the thing that's helped us get through the last 12 months. It's given us focus and direction, but before the pandemic, we were probably in a rather fortunate position. We were working remotely. That was officially done in 2018. So probably in a better position than most. The way we've set up the business now, previously we had lots of employees and team members in an office. And fortunately, a few years ago, we weren't in that position. We were focusing on contracting and partnerships. working remotely and so we're used to this situation. So all in all it's been an an okay experience.
0: That's good to hear. Can you guys just fill me in on how you guys started the agency? How was the House London born? How did you guys get together?
1: So we started in 2009 which is I didn't realise nearly 12 years ago in July we, we celebrate 12th birthday. I'm a graphic designer by trade. I trained and got a degree in BA Graphic Design Headed off to London for about a year, year and a half. Worked with various agencies trying to get as much experience as I could. Went to Hong Kong for a couple of years and worked for a big branding agency out there called Lloyd Northover. Wonderful experience, both from the work point of view, but also living in a different country. Came back to the UK in 2008. The world economic crash came, but I had freelance work coming in. I was busy connected with an old school friend and we said why not let's give it a go let's start an agency we had too much work and thought we'd, we'd try our hand at running an agency so in 2009 that started that formed the house and over the years we worked on things like branding projects that's the core of what we do quickly in the first couple of years it turned into animation projects as well we, we got a gig with mtv and suddenly that opened up a whole new service and had lots of website projects and the odd mobile app project as well coming up but in the early days i think it was about 2010 we were working quite a bit with a thousand heads and that's where robbie was as the creative director so i'll hand over to him to tell you how we met wow well, that makes it sound like some sort kind of romantic exchange
2: maybe it was i don't know is it not oh okay well i you know, Eyes
0: been... <laughs> meet across a crowded networking room is that what happened
2: I was creative director at an agency called Thousand Heads and still around doing great things and working in the social digital space at the time, but word of mouth agency fundamentally. But I guess Michael and I kind of, yes, eyes met in a sense, working together on on projects. But I guess the the real heart of where it comes together is first probably about six or seven years probably. It was a big leap. And we'd both kind of gone off in our, our own directions and ended up, I guess rethinking, to be honest, some of the stuff that Michael started talking about there in terms of going remote, you know, working in a slightly more flexible way, structuring a business in a slightly different approach. And, and we put our heads together. I think we had a conversation in in a, some gardens in Waterloo. I think that was it was probably Thank where it, was. it all kicked oh, off. Nice. Um, hopefully we'll get another one of those uh, <laughs> coming up. I, and put our heads together kind of on the frustration, I guess, of trying to please clients, obviously, and, and, and do good work for them, but also how you do that against increasing pressures, not only of time and of budget and things, but also technology changing, the way of working, people want to change. And I guess both of us also starting to look at how the, call it the startup industry, whatever that really means, but of, of, you know, people sort of starting to create businesses in different ways and starting to operate in different ways and, and how we could support them. So I guess we came to a, a conclusion that a lot of those challenges could be better resolved by starting to create i guess our own products and our own ip around branding marketing storytelling those kind of questions and then seeing if we could do something exciting with them and that as, as has already been slightly trailed turned into what we call story cube which is really all our focus is at the moment
0: good stuff guys so story cube what is it tell me all about it and how has it been going because you said michael that it was sort of really developed out of the mess that was 2020 and really caused you to focus on it so can you tell us a bit about
1: yeah, it yeah that, that's when it was really refined I think that's probably maybe t- 2019 we started taking it really seriously and wanted to make it a thing in its own right just going on to what Robbie was saying when we reconnected probably around 2017 maybe it was for both of us about 10 years into our careers being in the industry in a formal way maybe a few more on the on the fringe as well like university etc but generally from people i've talked to the 10-year mark is whether you know it or not is a mark where you feel like you're becoming a bit of an expert or at least you want to start refining what you're doing and focusing on what. so that was a bit of a driver for us robbie was looking for a change in his career and i was looking to change how the agency ran to look at more of a productized approach and to create packages that could be replicated for more than just handful of clients to communicate what we know what we've learned what we think is good about branding and storytelling and sales and marketing and to take a lot of that information that we've learned over the years working with so many different types of companies and put it into a package that they could digest in their own way so StoryCube itself the start of it was three years ago at the British Library we got an opportunity to put together a workshop for them on a monthly basis it was focused pretty loosely around branding we called it branding on a budget and for the first six months we kept delivering pretty much what was already out there stuff we knew stuff that we wanted to share we tried to pack so much information into three hours and never got through the slides and we tended to use other people's frameworks i mean it was just very much a
2: 101 things you should know without much structure i think And, and we got good feedback but it wasn't great feedback Exactly. So we, we kind of thought, you know, if we're going to give our time to this and energy to this, and I guess solve some of these problems properly, you know, we should take our own medicine, because we were talking a lot about, you know, what should businesses be doing? What should organizations be doing? How should they be approaching stuff? And actually, often, it's the the cobbler's shoes, all the old stuff, you know, how you actually fix your own things. And that is when we said... What if we broke this down into something that was a solution that people could really pick up in minutes and actually start applying to your organization? But at the heart of it, Storytube is a framework. And it started with, I think, 12 elements to it. We kicked it off, but it's now six, which are problem, solution, the differentiators that obviously set your organization apart, motivations that drive it, what connections you make to your customers, so how you actually reach the audience, and then obstacles is the sixth element of it. I was jokingly saying to Michael the other day that we could have called it Story Insect because it's only called Story Cube because it's got six sides. Insects have six sides, of course. But it also has an element, and this is where I go a bit creative director on it, in the sense that it's trying to get people to understand what are the building blocks of a successful organisation. And from an agency point of view, you know, often you're having that conversation multiple times, starting from scratch. It's sometimes unclear if everyone's talking from the same point of view. It has the same understanding and the same basic fundamental knowledge of what it takes to build an organization when you're trying to communicate it to customers so they care, right? And so they can see the value that's offered. And so that's, you know, what we tried to do and, and hone it down. But as Michael says, at that point, it was workshops, basically. That's all it was. And it was going out there and speaking to 20 people, 30 people. They bought tickets. It was all wonderful. But I guess 2020, yes, pandemic, season was all about how do we turn that into a growth business basically something that wouldn't require us in the long term to still be doing bigger branding projects and consultancy projects which of course you know do still exist within the within the framework too
0: So can I ask, is it purely for agencies, the people that will go through the StoryCube process and training, is it purely agencies or is it open to any business owner?
1: What we've decided to do, um, after a lot of testing, because the British Library is open to anybody, um, Mm. that could be students, could be marketing people that get it but want to to train up, it could be solopreneurs, or we've had very established businesses as well. So it's a real mixture, which is a challenge, but it it was a really good place for us to learn. And every month we get feedback and even without the feedback we'd always look to refine it and make it better and then we realized probably about a year and a half in, we've got to start focusing a bit more and that developed in 2020 into the online sprints which like these mini accelerator programs two weeks four webinars and we did one in june i think Mm -hmm. but we did it with a range of businesses they're all Met a certain criteria, growth businesses being part of another network we're part of, the 10,000 small businesses for Goldman Sachs, but they were very different businesses. Now, they all understand StoryCube. They all benefited from their own right, which is great. It is open to anybody, students all the way through to very established companies. But the sector-specific nature of it really only worked for the sprints, and it made it easier for us to focus our attention on helping them, showing them the right exercises and case studies, but also get the conversation going. So more recently in December we had an edtech focus sprint because a lot of our background for the last 5 years is working with edtech companies and so we could be the experts in the room but also attract the right audience and that worked really well. They talked about their problems and then four other people in the in the group said I completely understand that problem. A couple of them were, were on the, the side of and this is what I did this is mm-hmm. the solution the other couple were thinking can I listen in I really want to solve this and then when we come to agencies we did another one with the agency network in February and that came about because of demand people were seeing in our networks what we were up to we didn't really think about it last year about the agency world it seemed a bit too obvious I guess a bit too close to home but it worked really well is that, it
0: yeah that nice you teach loads of agencies your secrets, they're going to be better agencies than you. Is there a tipping point over, actually, do you know what? Let's just give them the best training that we can give them and all of our lessons learned. And Agency Collective, we're all about camaraderie and competitions. Was there a moment where you thought, hang on, do we want to be teaching other agencies?
1: I think in 2009, that would have been a big concern because the ambitions there were how many offices, how many global clients can we get? Mm-hmm. And how? why can we spread and, and to be like the traditional agency model. But now it's different. I think both of our mindsets are focused on what can we do to have a fun, flexible lifestyle, also make money, but do things that we really enjoy. And the product package approach changes our mindset from the agency service approach. So it's at the back of our mind, maybe that, oh, we're giving too much away. But at the same time, we constantly think we've got to give this stuff away because that's step one actually implementing it is really hard and we're not really in competition with other agencies Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something agency collective taught me a few years ago i think i've been a member for five years now and at first i was apprehensive because it was like oh these can't be partners these are competitors but realized quickly that that's not the case it's much easier much better to have lots of open conversations and, and chat with other agencies because they can help you and support you informally and then maybe become partners as well
0: yeah. I think that's
1: the, the constant challenge as Michael says, you know, we work with
2: a whole range of different businesses. One of the things that constantly we find ourselves saying to people who are really reticent to share some of the detail about what they're doing. So they'll be asking for advice. We do some quite open sessions. As Michael says, we do some of the more formalized sprints and the entry price for those different things differs. But wherever it is, people say, oh, I'm struggling with this problem and so on and so forth. And you say, okay, can you tell me a bit more detail about the context of that, what you do and so on? And they say, no, because you know i'm not quite there yet and i'm worried that people steal things next yz and you just go yeah no one is gonna steal it because it's hard it's really really hard and fine that you think you believe i've got some factory in the basement and i can press a button and i'm just going to create whatever product it is you think you have but the reality is that the success or at least the moment really i think where we looked up and went hold on there's something in this and we should pursue it was realizing that fundamentals, the details, the core stuff, stuff that goes in a book, stuff that goes in a lecture. There's a lot of it, right? It's all out there. Yes, we believe that StoryCube structures things in a way that makes it easier for people to understand and to grapple with. But actually, how you deliver that to people, how you take them through that process, how you provide them stepping stones, I think, to go beyond that. So it's not just saying... buy onto this course or come to this event or whatever there's actually structure to say well obviously if you want us to take you on a journey through that ends up with some deep consultancy or being a partner or coaching and that's where I think people kind of can go okay great yeah, of course I can create very valuable, brilliant webinar. And we invite those people to come and do partnerships with us and talk on our sessions and hey, get in touch. No, absolutely do. But actually the step where you make a decision to say, am I going to wake up tomorrow and take a brief and work through that process in the way that we've done for many years and we decided maybe didn't work for us in quite the same way right now? Or are we going to approach this in building a package and building a product really more than a service? It's just a different mindset.
1: I think there's both our needed both are hugely valuable and there's customers out there for them so yeah we actually find that the more we give away the more opportunities there are we're in a flexible situation that we don't have to work on every project every brief that comes through the door so we'd like to pick and choose but reaching those organizations with the interesting projects that could fit for us isn't always easy so having something like StoryCube is actually a really good lead generator, opens up so many doors. We talk about potential partnerships with organizations we've probably talked to for years in the background and never really quite cracked the nut. But now we've got StoryCube, much easier. It's here is StoryCube. We do courses, we do webinars, we do sprints. It's a framework for entrepreneurs. It's about storytelling, it's about branding, it's about sales, it's about strategy. Do you want it? And then most of the time, I'd say probably 80 or 90%, there's a yes, let's find out more. There's no real pushback. It doesn't always work out to be a direct sale or happen because of other organizational issues on their side normally, but the door is generally opened. It's either an okay or a okay, let's do this later, which is completely different from the discussion if I had it for the house as an agency.
0: Really clever idea. Can I just ask you, how does it work in terms of an agency owner providing a service to your clients versus an agency now providing a product? Was that a conscious decision and a road that you wanted to go down? Or was it just born organically in the way that you've described?
1: bit of both for me. In, I think, 2017, 2018, I, I went through the 10,000 Small Business Goldman Sachs programme. A three-month kind of mini MBA with lots of other businesses from all different backgrounds but there was one thing that in one of the workshops we did they said what can you sell that you do anyway but you're not currently charging for and for me that was probably the brief writing the discovery phase which sometimes we would charge for it and sometimes we wouldn't and like many agencies and I see this discussion all the time we've talked to the prospect we've written a proposal we've even taken them through a brief We've had a workshop with them. We haven't charged yet. And now they're not sure if they want to stick around or what to do next. So I wanted to formalize that process. And StoryKeeper is part of that. It is born out of the creative brief side, asking the right questions to get the story behind the brand before you start doing the design, the marketing, the sales side of things. But also my experience from accelerators. So I've worked with quite a few tech accelerators as mentor, as a coach, as a consultant, and as a judge as well. And seeing that entrepreneurs have the same issues, they normally go through the program, understand their business, their value proposition, how to get their team on board and then ultimately pitch most of the time it was pitching for investment but it might be pitching for partnerships and customers but always the framework that they delivered was very similar and some did that really well and some didn't and there were some really great businesses that the entrepreneur didn't sell properly didn't promote it in the right way and didn't tell that right story and there were some really poor businesses where the entrepreneur was very charismatic and told the right story so part of StoryCube is to level the playing field a bit and to say well here's the framework This gives you structure. For those that don't know how to do it, use this. For those that do and want to improve, use this structure. And hopefully you have a clearer story so you can get your message out there and get on with growing your organisation.
0: That's so interesting. What would you guys say to other agency owners? What would be your top tip or key learning in your guys' personal experience?
2: think it's all about making it easy when you offer something that is bespoke you feel like often you have to start from scratch all the time and you have to have that conversation and I think the key is that someone sat on the other side of the table a client in this case who is going I need help solving a problem and I want to be able to say yes to you as easily as possible and, and take it forward because that makes my life easier and obviously makes the success that you're looking for in terms of a sale all of that stuff Michael's talked about has provided from our point of view here and going over decades of experience of working in different agency structures, big agencies, small agencies, different kinds of clients, it's interesting to think back and go, there's hundreds of times when if we'd just been able to push across the table and say, i tell you what, have a look at this and let's see what we can do. A yes would have come. It would have been much easier than saying, well, look, we'll get back to you with a big proposal next week and we'll do this we'll have a conversation also in a purely simplistic way it's an easy differentiator because we work with a lot of agencies and my go-to example tends to be a web design agency when we're talking about things that are difficult to separate and then you start to look at your experience or maybe you've won awards or maybe have certain processes or whatever but the point is you're trying to set yourself apart from something they can get elsewhere whether they can get it as well elsewhere. Everyone believes that they will have a better solution than someone else. But actually the ease Michael has to be able to say, let's do this. Let's have a webinar, get everyone on this course. Let's have this conversation and go, okay, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that next week. That'll be fun. And that has ended up in the kind of projects that normally would have taken but I put a proposal together and we'll have some conversations and it would have been weeks and weeks of, of hard work as we all know gets you know unpaid for and lost into the back but if it's not working then it's easy for people to back out and there's not a lot of wasted time and if it is working you can choose where the exit wraps are we get to now give work to other kinds of businesses and agencies and that stretches beyond to other professional services like legal and accountancy firms and things like that because people are coming to us going okay i understand this stuff and there's a trust element and so on and we're like look we're not doing seo we're not doing legal stuff obviously but actually even design and copywriting and things that we might normally take on as our specialities we're like ah oh, you know what? i'm a bit busy for that or you know it's my kid's birthday
1: and i don't want to kind of not give it due attention who wants it when we first started going down the workshop route three years ago we were focused on is this fun is this interesting is this pushing us to do more and understand what we deliver more that's great tick the boxes as long as we enjoy it and it doesn't cost us too much time and and maybe there's some money coming in great but actually it's turned into a revenue generator itself a very good lead generator so some of it feeds the house because the house gets companies and clients through storycube but i just talk about storycube now it's so much easier than having a discussion about an agency even though we focus on certain sectors and do certain services it's much more of a product a package that's easy to understand and people either want it or they don't unfortunately a lot do want it
0: sounds like it's not just feeding the house, though, but it's feeding your soul. You sound so passionate about it and that you're really, truly enjoying what you're doing, which I think when you're nearly 12 years into agency life, we speak to lots of agency owners that are jaded or they're looking to sell. And I think the fact that you guys have developed it further to something that is even more exciting and thrilling, you love to talk about it. And I just think that's brilliant to see.
1: I find it easier to talk about than the agency. I feel like it's something new and different and hopefully Mm -hmm. innovative. Something we can get out to the wider world. In the old cliche that you get as much when you teach, when you coach
2: as the person you're talking to does. And I think the structure that we've chosen to pursue allows for much more of that. Instead of having to deliver a project, which just has a timeline and then you've got deliverables and then all of the usual stuff. Actually, our conversations are tell us more about what you do and we'll see how we can draw in other experiences, other people and so on to work on that. And we just learn so much from having those conversations and moving our brains around. That then, of course, we put back into our own process because, of course, as much as we have these conversations, there's so many bits with like the duck below the surface frantically trying to keep everything going. Like, Who are we talking to next? What are we doing next? Where's it all going? Of course, it's like that. But actually the bit on top that can glide smoothly across the water is going, well, let's just start here. Let's talk about the problem. You've got the solution, differentiates motivations, obstacles, and connections. And because we talk about that so much, you internalize it so easily, and you start to scratch quite deep into those conversations. Whereas previously, it may have been a, what do you need to do? You need to get more customers. Okay, well, let's try this. We can do an event, or we can do an animation or whatever. And you do it, and it's good, and it's fine. But these conversations allow us access to a place that maybe wasn't part of the conversations clients were even willing to have. and what We're having with other organizations, more strategic organizations, management consultants, maybe so what it's just a learning process all the time which is great
0: thank you so much so interesting and really helpful i think giving us lots of food for thought there lovely to speak to you and thank you so much for being on the podcast and can't wait to see what you guys do with story cube next
2: thank you very much thank you